It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Kalamazoo, five players across the line. Lang punches it forward. Goslin tries to fire one in. It's blocked into the corner. Chica goes and gets it. The horn sounds, and the Indy Fuel have snapped a two-game skid as they defeat the Kalamazoo Wings 2-1 to with a pair of third-period goals to rally and get two huge points this afternoon. The penalty kill, 7 for 7 today. Matt Watson scores to tie it early in the third and Brian Lemos with a rebound goal gives the fuel the victory. Lemos with a two-point night. The final seconds of the Indy Fuel's victory last Tuesday over the Kalamazoo Wings, a 2-1 to come-from-behind third-period win that snapped a two-game skid in a four-game home losing streak and sent the Fuel on a 3-0 and week last week as the Fuel knocked off the K-Wings, the Wheeling Nailers, and the Cincinnati Cyclones in a trio of one-goal games. Welcome to the Under the Hood podcast. I am Andrew Smith, the broadcast voice of the Fuel Enjoy this podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since we've had one, so we'll have a lot of conversations with you. Later on in the show, you will hear from Nate Pionk, Carson Rose, Matt Watson, and Jared Thomas on this edition of the program. The Fuel currently solidly in playoff position in the Central Division, currently sitting in third place, having won three consecutive games last week, defeating Kalamazoo 2-1, to then defeating Wheeling 3-2, to and then knocking off the Cincinnati Cyclones on the road in overtime 3-2 to on Max Golod's overtime winner. And so the Fuel enter this week with a little bit of momentum, and this is a big week coming up as they've got a 3-3. Three and three. Friday night they'll be in Iowa, Saturday at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum to take on the red-hot Toledo Walleye, who have won 13 consecutive games, and then they will travel to Fort Wayne on Sunday. The Fuel currently, as we mentioned, in third place in the Central Division. As we record this, they are six points back of the aforementioned Toledo Walleye, who have 78 points, Cincinnati in second place with 77, the Fuel in third with 72, Fort Wayne in fourth place with 60 points. Right now, those are the four teams in the playoff structure. As we head down to the home stretch of the season, the Fuel with just 16 games remaining in the 2022-23 regular season, with the vast majority of those contests coming at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum 11 of the final 16 games will be at home. Of course, the Fuel last week kicked off the week with the 2-1 to victory over the Kalamazoo Wings. They trailed 1-0 going into the third. Matt Watson scored his first ECHL goal. You'll hear the clip of that a little bit later on in the program. And then Brian Lemos at 12.57 of the third period gave the Fuel the victory the victory that Zach Driscoll made stand up in net with a solid performance. Only had to face six shots in the third period, but he was able to hold them all out in front of a record crowd 
on Tuesday morning of 6,880 on Education Day. Always one of the great days. And a lot of kids, maybe seeing their first ever hockey game, were sent home happy as the Fuel won that game 2-1 to one over the Kalamazoo Wings. On Friday night, the Wheeling Nailers came to town and the Fuel surrendered the first goal in the first period. That's something that they have done quite a bit here recently as they have now surrendered the first goal in seven consecutive games. But they rallied as Max Golod, who was just acquired earlier in the week, making his Fuel debut, scored his first goal with the Fuel, his 13th of the season. He was the Tulsa Oilers' leading scorer, and there have been a lot of transactions. We'll tell you about those here momentarily. But he ties the game with this goal, followed 10 seconds later by a goal from Andrew Ballant. Santerno to take the draw for Wheeling. Face off one by the Fuel. Played up to the point yet. Over the right wing circle. They work it low. Golod from a sharp angle. And Barone holds the fort. Up to the left point, Yetman. Now to Golod on the half wall. Drops it off for Weidman. Up top, Yetman. Now left side, Weidman. Left circle shot. Blocked over to the far side. They score! Max Golod from along the goal line. Popped on a loose puck and fired it through Barone and into the net. Max Golod, welcome to Indy. And the Fuel have tied the game at one. It's his 13th of the year. And that was a sharp angle shot from along the goal line, but he caught Barone trying to reset and ended up firing him the puck through him. It banked off of him and into the net. So we're tied at one. And that's what you want. After giving up the first goal, get it equalized by the end of the period, and the Fuel's power play cashes in. Now the Fuel feed Ballon for a one-timer. He scores! Indy wins the draw. Plays it behind the net. Nyhoff. Found Ballant in the right wing circle. Quick one-timer. He scores two goals, ten and a half seconds apart. And the Fuel lead it two to one. Twelfth of the year for Ballant. And the Fuel strike twice in the final 25 seconds of the period to take the lead. Wheeling tied the game early in the second with a power play goal, but Chase Lang untied it with this rebound goal midway through the second period. And the Fuel have to send it back up to the point and reset. Texera with it on the blue line. Spencer Watson right circle. Feeds it across the seat. One-timer save. Rebound Lang. He scores! Chase Lang at the top of the blue paint. Forces the rebound. Pass Barone. And the Fuel retake the lead. Finally, it's 3-2. to two. Second power play goal of the night for the Fuel. It's Chase Lang's eighth of the season. And that's the fifth of those eight that have come on the power play. And they're going to review this one. 
Zach Driscoll made 17 saves in the third period to make it stand up. A 3-2 Fuel victory over the Nailers. Saturday night, the Fuel headed to Cincinnati to face the Cyclones, the team directly ahead of them in the standings. Again, they surrendered the first goal as Josh Passelt scored in the first period. But Spencer Watson scored a 204 of the second. And Chris Cameron scored his fourth of the year at 1506 of the second period to give the Fuel the lead. Josh Passel tied the game for Cincy in the third, and the Fuel had to hold off a late Cyclones charge, getting the game to overtime when Max Golod scored for the second time in as many nights. A goal assisted by Chad Yetman and Kirill Chaika at 113 of overtime, giving the Fuel a 3-2 walk-off victory in Cincinnati and moving the fuel to within five points of the Cyclones in the Central Division standings. As we mentioned, there have been a lot of transactions here in the last couple of weeks, and a lot of them made by the Rockford Ice Hogs, the Fuels AHL affiliate, as well as the NHL affiliate Chicago Blackhawks. Early in the week, back on February 27th, and of course, this all preceding the NHL trade deadline that was last Friday, Colin Bielek was picked up from the Manitoba Moose in exchange for future considerations. He had tallied 14 goals and nine assists with Trois Rivières, moves over to the Fuel organization, and has been fairly solid for Indy in his first couple of games. He was the captain the last two years for Army West Point and had 18 goals as a junior, had 11 goals last season as a senior. Then the Blackhawks made a deal with the Rangers involving some guy named Patrick Kane. Former Fuel player Cooper Zek was also sent to the Rangers organization in that deal. As part of a corresponding American Hockey League trade, the Fuel received Zach Jordan, a big six foot three inch right wing who had been playing for the Jacksonville Icemen. He had 17 goals and nine assists with the Icemen, came over and played a couple of games with the Fuel last week. And also... In two trades that were related to each other, had an NHL and an AHL component to it, the Blackhawks and Ducks organizations made a move that brought Logan Nyhoff, an AHL-contracted player, over from the San Diego Goals by way of the Tulsa Oilers, and also Max Golod, he's an NHL-contracted player, also came over from the Ducks organization where he had been Tulsa's leading scorer with 43 points in 42 games. Max has provided two goals in two games for the Fuel. Nyhoff has given the Fuel a lot of really good forechecking ability. He was a captain for the Regina Pats in the Western Hockey League last season. And also, the Fuel have dipped into the college free agent market as well. They signed Brian Etter, making his second appearance with the team. He'd played most of the year with uh, Macon and Evansville of the SPHL to bolster the defense core. But they've picked up three defensemen from the college ranks. Sam Stern, who had five assists in 24 games for Wisconsin Superior. He made his debut last weekend with the Fuel. And just moments before we recorded this particular edition of Under the Hood, the Fuel signed two defensemen out of the college ranks. Zach Vanell is from Bowling Green, a six foot one, 185 pound left shot defenseman, solid puck mover. 
this season, had a goal and 19 assists in 36 games with the Bowling Green Falcons after coming over as a grad transfer from Merrimack, where last year he had four goals and 12 assists in 35 games. Also, the Fuel announced on Tuesday, March 7th, the signing of defenseman Trevor Zins. He's a right shot defenseman from Minnesota, six foot, 190 pounds out of the University of St. Thomas in Minnesota. That's a program that just recently moved up to Division One, played two years at St. Thomas this season, had a goal and seven assists in 34 games last year, had three goals and eight assists in 35 games. So head coach Duncan Dalmeo bolstering the Fuel's blue line that has been a little bit thin due to call-ups here of late. And Mark Bernard and Kyle Davidson, the general managers of the Rockford Icehawks and Chicago Blackhawks, bolstering the forward group. Now, unfortunately, from the Fuel's perspective, two of those forwards, Zach Jordan and Max Golod, were so impressive with the Fuel. And also, Rockford has had some injuries in their forward units that those two guys got called up to the Rockford Ice Hogs on Tuesday. So we would expect to see them in the Rockford lineup. And also this week is the AHL trade deadline. And so we may see a lot of paper moves where guys on American Hockey League contracts will get called up briefly to Rockford. So they will be on their roster at the deadline. So they will be playoff eligible for the American Hockey League playoffs and the Ice Hogs certainly making a big push. A lot of moves they made last week were designed to bolster the Ice Hogs for the upcoming American Hockey League playoffs and also bolster the fuel for the upcoming ECHL playoffs. So the AHL trade deadline is this week. The ECHL trade deadline is next week. It's next Thursday, March 16th at the end of the day. And so... We'll keep an eye out for any moves that the Fuel plan to make. And I wouldn't expect to see too many. I think Duncan Dalmeo, number one, likes his team. And number two, especially with all the forward additions, this is a very, very solid squad. It's a very deep squad right now. And it'll be interesting to see how these new rookie defensemen fit in with this group. And we're starting to see as well the end of the college seasons. So players coming out of the college ranks, signing with pro hockey teams in the AHL or the ECHL, and in some cases, some National Hockey League entry-level contracts as well. And we'll see a lot of rosters starting to look a lot different. And we've already looked and seen a lot of the Fuel's division rivals and other teams in the league picking up players from the college ranks looking for some energy and some tryouts for some young guys working their way in and looking to make an impact on these teams as we either head toward the postseason for some teams or looking to build the roster and give a look to some young guys for some other teams that may not necessarily be playoff bound. Well, after this weekend in which the Fuel will be on the road for two of their three games, they'll be home Saturday night on March 11th against the Toledo Walleye. That will be a wizard night. Always a fun night as you meet some of your favorite wizard characters and watch the fuel duel, the Toledo Walleye. 
And then after they travel to Fort Wayne on Sunday, 10 of the next 11 games will be here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Starting March 17th with our annual Faith and Family Night, it's also an all-you-can-eat night. It's also St. Patrick's Day as the Fuel take on the walleye. Come out to the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, celebrate Indy Fuel hockey, faith, and fellowship as you enjoy endless burgers, hot dogs, and popcorn, all free with a game ticket. And it's also St. Patrick's Day. Saturday, March 18th, will be racing night as the Fuel hosts the Fort Wayne Comets. Fans in attendance can check out some race cars in the lobby and other racing-themed fun. And then... The Fuel will return home the following weekend for a 3-3, three and three, Friday, March 24th, Saturday, March 25th, and Sunday, March 26th. The first of those games against Greenville, the latter two against Kalamazoo, and then the homestand concludes on March 31st against Wheeling before a quick trip to Toledo, and then four more games to begin April at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. So lots of opportunities to see the Fuel on home ice here over the last month of the regular season. Clock ticking to 16.35 in the third. Fueled down one to nothing. Darby Llewellyn's first period goal. The only tally so far. Puck worked free. Matt Watson shoots from along the right wing boards. Blocked into the corner. Lemos up to Matt Watson. Tees up a snapshot. Scores! Matt Watson scores to tie the game for the fuel. It's one to one. The Fuel working it off the cycle, and they've worked it low to high and deliver the traffic in front. And Matt Watson finds the back of the net from the point. It's a little half slapper. Beats Cormier high. It is Matt Watson's first ECHL goal. And it ties the game at one. The first guest is the guy who produced that goal, his first ECHL goal. It was a pivotal one for the Fuel on Tuesday as they rallied from a goal down in the third period to defeat the Kalamazoo Wings, Matt Watson. Matt is Spencer's twin brother. He is a second-year pro playing his first season with the Fuel, and it's been great to see him and Spencer reunited on the same team. So here is our conversation with Indy Fuel defenseman Matt Watson. You get your first goal on this side of the pond, your first pro goal on Tuesday, and it came at a big moment, down one to nothing in the in the third. How special was that, not just to score, but to score what turned out to be such a critical goal and a win? I mean, it's always it's always fun to score, but I mean, when it's in a game like that, and it um, it matters, and it, it kind of gets us on the board and ties one one, it's um, it definitely is something special to kind of get your first goal like that, and then to have it tied, and then go into the next five minutes and score again to win it. Um, I mean, I really couldn't have drawn drawn it up any better, but like we were playing the right way, and. Um, it just it just kind of came into place there. Yeah. So it's pretty cool when the first guy to first guy to greet you after you score is your brother. And, and how special was that to to be able to enjoy that moment with him? Yeah, it was pretty special. I mean, I did it in Iowa when he mm-hmm. kind of got his goal and he scored that record for the most goals. Um, so it's kind of weird how that kind of works out. And um, I mean, we got a couple pictures together there too. At, 
as he was coming to celebrate with me. But um, I mean, yeah, I, I honestly couldn't think of a better better guy to spend it with. How nice has it been for both of you to be able to come back together and play this season together as pros? I mean, it's it's pretty great. I mean, I think there's we've always kind of dreamed of playing together at some point, and I mean, our paths were totally different. But I mean, we've talked about it before, and if there was ever a chance for us to get back and play together, and um, we definitely would do it. And I mean. We have a great team this year, and it's been a great year so far. So, um, I mean, it just helps. It helps a lot, and it's it's just a great time. Last year in Germany, your first year as a pro, what was that like? And what has the what was the transition from playing in college to playing professionally, and then coming back over and playing in North America? Uh, it was definitely a transition in the fact that COVID, I didn't even play an entire year. Um, and then kind of going over there, playing, playing a lot. It was it was different because you were getting used to the language. And I mean, um, my girlfriend came with me, so it was just me and her type thing. We were kind of exploring, and we had we had a good time. But then coming here was definitely um, you can you can definitely tell the skill here and the um, the structure and the determination of everyone. And um, it's it honestly coming here helped my game a million times over and um, I mean I'm glad I came I'm glad I, I made that right decision and um, it's worked out so far. How long did it take you to really feel comfortable at this level and I know the first couple of months you were in and out of the lineup a little bit and to the point where you're an everyday defenseman now and really a key part of this six man group. Yeah I mean for me I just kept kind of just working in practice I guess and there was at the start of the year I just told myself like okay like no matter what happens like my practices are going to be my games so like in practice I'd go out there and I'd put battle and I'd work work as hard as I possibly could and then I just hope that that was going to die like I know I know what I can bring to the table and I hope that that carried over to the games and it it, it feels like it has I mean um, I feel like every each and every day I've been learning kind of just something every day and it's really helped my game for sure. You've been paired with Keone a lot here lately. What's he like as a partner? I mean, we, uh, we, yeah, I think we have a really good kind of chemistry going on uh, outside the rink. Um, obviously, Spence and Keone are, are, good, are good friends, so coming here was easy to kind of have that familiarity and like someone that I could talk to because I knew he and Spencer quite close. But um, on the ice, we, we talk well, we work well together. Um, I wouldn't say we're similar players, but like, we definitely, I think we thrive on like those those hard areas where we we need to get the puck out, and um, definitely the communication I think is key. And we we definitely talk a lot, which is nice. Did you grow up playing defense, or were you a forward as a kid? Um, well, I grew up playing forward uh-huh. um, up until a certain point. Um, used to be Spence and I on a line with the center, and I share a center didn't really like us too much, <laughs> but. Um, there was a certain point where um, I guess we were low on D one year and my, my coach thought I saw the, saw the ice pretty well and he said, hey, we're going to stick you back there. Um, and then from there on, I've always been forward. I've always loved that kind of challenge of defending, but then also getting up and trying to 
put the offense in and um, like I've never looked back. I mean, there were some times where I've gotten kind of put on forward mm-hmm. when they needed it in wherever whatever team I was on. But um, in terms of that, yeah, I've I've basically been playing D most of my life. Do you and Spencer being? Yeah, I, I hear a lot about twins, kind of having that sixth sense of having a connection with each other. Do you have that on the ice where you kind of know where each other is going to be, what each other is going to do? Yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's hard to really explain. Um, there's definitely a, I wouldn't say, or I don't know. There's definitely some sort of kind of seeing there without kind of knowing where he is and um, there's been a bunch of times it's nice when he's always he's on the right wing and if I get the puck and really he doesn't really need to say anything I already know he's there and it, it's something that I really can't explain and something that he can't explain like even the goal where I passed him Fort Wayne I just honestly I didn't even look I just knew he was there he literally just yelled that yeah, and I somehow found him I didn't even really kind of hesitate so I mean there might be something like that but I don't know if it's proven but we definitely feel like we have just a little edge on that our next two guests hail from the same hometown of Hermantown Minnesota which has become a Minnesota high school hockey power it's a suburb of Duluth in far northern Minnesota and has become a great hockey town our first guest is Nate Pionk Nate's is the younger brother of Neil Pionk, who plays with the Winnipeg Jets. His father, Scott, was the head coach of the Waterloo Blackhawks of the United States Hockey League. He has played in multiple state championship games in Minnesota, as did Jared Thomas. Matter of fact, Neil Pionk and Jared Thomas played hockey together in high school in Hermantown High in Minnesota. And so here is our conversation with Indy Fuel Forward and penalty killer extraordinaire, Nate Pionk. Nate, first of all, good to see you back on the ice last night. How good was it to be able to get back out and and play and and play your role last night after missing the last few games? Yeah, it felt really good. I mean, it's obviously always frustrating battling certain things throughout the year and missing a few games here and there. So anytime you can get back out there and contribute as much as you can, it's a really good feeling. Describe the role that you've had on this team and how you've especially become a bit of a penalty-killing ace for this group. Uh, yeah, my role, I, I really like to keep the room light. Uh, I like to keep the guys energized um, and then bring my energy on the ice as much as I can, whether that's on the forecheck, being up one forward, or uh, on the penalty kill, you know, getting a puck out when, when we need it the most. Uh, you were a captain two years in college. You really try to take that leadership ability into what you have here and, and a team that's really full of leaders. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the more leaders you have on a team, the better. I mean, I think that's kind of shown at, at what we've done so far this year. And uh, obviously, you need to find a, a spark again here. And, and uh, when times are tough or whatever, that's when the leaders need to step up the most. And so I think it's a good thing that we have a lot of them in this locker room. Your second year as a pro, what have you learned from year one to year two, especially this offseason, that, that allowed you to hit the ground running this year? Um, I would just say probably just the pace. Uh, it's a, a complete different game coming from college, uh, coming to play here, wherever it is in pro hockey. And you got to thank all the guys that you're playing against and with. They're some of the best players from their colleges or associations, and that's why they're still here. So uh, the pace of the game and uh, just how smart everyone is out there. Uh, you're a coach's son. Uh, what has that been like for you, having somebody who has coached at a high level, been around the game as long as your father has, as you grew up as a player? 
Uh, it's been really good. I mean, obviously, my dad uh, coaching in the USHL, coaching some college hockey, and then even having my older brother, Neil, who's playing mm-hmm. in the NHL right now, they've all been uh, very big and supportive in, in my career and my path and getting to where I am today. So uh, it's been really good with those guys around. I'll say with Neil playing for the Jets, your your younger brother, I think this is his draft year. And How do your parents juggle uh, following all of you as, uh, as all four of you are involved in hockey in some way? No, I, I think they have every streaming app that you can <laughs> you can have and able to be able to follow us our one of my other younger brothers actually works for the Colorado Eagles in the AHL and so um, we have pretty much every league covered you can think of so um, no they do a really good job they make visits when they can and it's probably I mean they probably feel like they have a little bit more time right now there's some empty nesters for the first time in forever so uh, it's good for them they can they can travel and they can watch our games and kind of do that the way they do it how often do you and Neil talk and compare notes uh, be, being pro hockey players both of you uh quite a few times i mean we'll we'll call each other uh you know whenever the odd call is and we we text back and forth um uh but yeah he he's really supportive and uh, he gives you advice and uh he's really good at giving like the mental side of, of things advice more so than hockey itself uh which can be a huge help for for anyone too so you're back uh, reunited with uh, with Carson Rosen and you guys played together in college and you and Jared Thomas I don't think you played together growing up but you're from the same hometown in Minnesota how nice is it to be back with those guys oh, it's good uh, breath of fresh air to see some familiar faces come in anywhere I mean obviously you build a good relationship with the new guys that you've met throughout the year but then to see someone you know a couple of these guys come in who you've seen before and kind of know how they play it uh, it's really good to be reunited with them and playing again with them uh, you've had the good fortune to experience playing high school hockey in Minnesota and playing in the state tournament. I know you weren't able to get over the hump and win, but you, you played in multiple state championship games. So we hit that time of year. How special is that, being young and growing up and playing in front of 20,000 people in St. Paul? Oh, it's really cool. I mean, it's something you know not a lot of people get to say they, they've done before, and I was fortunate enough to play with some good players in high school growing up and uh, to be able to make a few state tournaments. But, yeah, like you said, never really made it over the hump. So, um, But, I mean, it, it's really special. We have a couple other guys, Driscoll's from Minnesota too, and um, some other guys who have played in the state tournament. So um, it's a really cool experience, and it's something that not a lot of guys experience. Guys from St. Louis like Weidman will never experience that. <laughs> when uh, you describe it looks like Hermantown's just a, a big hockey community. At, and what is that like growing up in a town that has been been so supportive of, of, of its hockey and turned out so many really good players? Well, I mean, yeah, like you said, I think I think the the players turning off from that program kind of speaks for itself. Um, uh, they. They do a really good job, you know, promoting the sport at a young age. They have four outdoor ice sheets at our home arena, and they're building a new one, actually. And so, um, I mean, my brothers and I would get dropped off on Saturdays at, like, 8 in the morning get picked up at 7 at night. So we did, it was like a full daycare there almost. So uh, they're very supportive in developing players in that sense. So, What's it been like being reunited with Kevin Moore, who you played with in college? It's been awesome. He's, he's a great mentor for me. Um, you know, great coach as well, but off the ice type of thing, he's really supportive and a really good guy, and um, you know, getting guys to where they want to be and kind of the mindset they want to be in, and it's been a really good experience here with him. What's been your favorite thing about being an indie so far? Um, 
I'd probably have to say, I mean, the guys here, the guys here are hilarious. I show up to the rink and I can't help but, but laugh at some of the stuff that the, the guys do. There's jokes going on left and right. And so the team aspect here has just been such a really um, easy thing to accommodate to. Across Hillis, right circle, back to Thomas. He shoots, he scores! Welcome back, Jared Thomas! A power play goal! And the Fuel lead it 4-2! to two. That was a big goal scored by our next guest, also from Hermantown, Minnesota. He is a fifth-year pro, a longtime member of the Indy Fuel. Jared Thomas, returning to the team this season in early February, on February 1st, as a matter of fact, after his rates got traded around between Norfolk to Fort Wayne to Reading, but he made it really clear he wanted to be in Indy and... He has contributed a couple of goals, a couple of assists since returning to the Fuel lineup in those 12 games, including that two-goal game against the Kansas City Mavericks the first weekend in coming back, and that led the Fuel to a home ice victory. It's good to see Jared Thomas back. Here is our conversation. Jared, welcome back. It's uh, been good to see you back on the ice. And uh, What has it been like uh, for you? coming back and kind of getting into the swing of things and, and rejoining this team this year? Yeah, it's been good. Um, it's a pretty easy transition, um, knowing most of the guys that are here and the coaches and the staff and whatnot. And um, Yeah, I was excited to come come back and have the opportunity to come back and, and help the team uh, push towards the playoffs. And um, Yeah, it's just been, it's been nice to somehow find my way back here so what had your year been like what had you been doing were you back home in minnesota just waiting for an opportunity to uh to to find the right situation for you yeah just i was back home and um it just got to a point where i wasn't gonna go play um unless it was back here just Mm -hmm. because i was familiar with everything and i didn't really it was already december january when um, the things worked out, but um, I didn't really feel like going to a new spot for like a couple months and and try and figure things out. I just wanted to come back to a familiar familiar place, and um, it just so happened to work out. What is it about Indy that you enjoy and you like being a part of this organization of this team? Uh, just, I mean, everyone on the staff's been really good from Flinchy to Dave to the coaches it's it's a good place to play they give you everything you need and um, they take care of you well and then obviously the living situation is really nice and um, I mean all the guys here that I've been with the last two years have been great too there hasn't been one one bad person so um, it's just a good place to play hockey and um, and uh, live for like nine months out of the year so when um, you come back, you score you score two goals, I think, in your second game. But has these last couple of weeks just been almost your training camp, where you're just getting the timing back, getting the uh, getting kind of the the game speed back? Yeah, it's getting better every game. I mm-hmm. think like I feel pretty good now. Um, the first couple of games, it was it was an adjustment. Just I mean, we all myself and the coaches knew it was going to take a little time, but. Um, but now it's 10, 11 games in, so um, I feel pretty pretty normal, I would say. But, um, yeah, just every game's a, 
every game's a battle now with the playoffs right around the corner. So um, it's getting tougher, and and just we as a group have to have to bear down and and play playoff hockey here. So I say that's just kind of that run up to the the postseason. Is that is that really the message in the room? Is every game's basically a playoff game now, where you have to take care of every detail to make sure that you're ready for the postseason here? Yeah, I mean, other teams are playing playoff hockey that aren't in playoff spots right now, and mm-hmm. when we play them, they're playing with their like their lives depend on it, and we have to answer the bell too. So um, they had a good start to the season, put themselves in good spots, but um, the last couple, last 20 games here down the stretch, everyone kind of bears down and, and plays – that gritty playoff style and we have to um we have to adapt and and play that as well so um we just got to go out there and try to put together a consistent and good 60 minutes and and just take it one game one game at a time here what is what have you enjoyed about this group uh, versus the two teams you've been with before here in indy um, I think, I mean, every team's been a little different, but mm-hmm. there's a core group of guys that are still around, and and then the guys that we bring in, uh, that like, I mean, all the guys that have been brought in have had pretty good seasons so far, mm-hmm. so it's just uh, adding to that core group and and figuring out what we need, and, and everyone's trying to contribute to winning hockey, and, and it's just... Uh, you never know what you're going to get when you come to a season. It's never going to be the same team um, back-to-back seasons in a row, especially in this league. So I think uh, the team that we have here is, uh, is a well-rounded group, and we can do some things if we, uh, if we play, play harder and, and play that playoff hockey style. You come into the room and uh, you've got a guy from your hometown. I know. Uh, I think you you played with Nate Pionk's brother in high school, if I remember right. But uh, how nice is it to have two guys from the same small town in Minnesota in in the same dressing room here? Yeah, it's good. He's a familiar face. Uh, our families have been friends for a long time, and I played with his older brother um, in high school and in junior and in college. So, um, and then he went to college, or Nate went to college right down the road from me. So. And then our younger brothers were teammates too, so it's kind of like a big family thing. But yeah, it's good. It's he's a good kid, and um, uh, it's, it's good to see him here and then doing well. So um, he's a he's a pretty uh, he's kind of a clown. So he <laughs> it keeps his spirits up, keeps his spirits up, and uh, uh, it's just good to have him here and. and and see his face every day. Yeah, the culture in that community and near Duluth, northern Minnesota, just describe what the hockey culture is like and how that develops you guys as players. Yeah, it's it's obviously like you're born to play hockey up there and, and it's kind of like football in Texas. Like everyone plays hockey and everyone goes to the games and everyone talks about it throughout the week if there's a big game and it's just like uh, it's a good place to grow up and play and especially with all the outdoor ice and you can go skating anytime you want whenever you want and, um, it's just a good good place to grow up and especially if you want to be a hockey player it's there's no uh, shortage in finding any ice around so here comes Hillis with Rose driving the center lane Hillis to Rose he scores Carson Rose with a short-handed goal 
Carson Rose was a Southern Professional Hockey League call-up who has been a mainstay with the fuel for the last couple of months. Originally brought up, as often is the case with guys from the SPHL, maybe to fill a hole for a weekend or two, but he has made himself a part of the Fuel's power play unit. He has been a penalty killer. He scored shorthanded goals for this team. He played his college hockey for Fuel assistant coach Kevin Moore at St. Scholastica, as did Nate Pionk as well. Those two were teammates in college, and he's got five goals and nine points in his time with the Fuel after tearing it up in the SPHL. He had 27 points in 17 games for Birmingham earlier this year before getting the call up to the ECHL and becoming a mainstay in the Fuel lineup. Here is our conversation with Carson Rose. Carson, you've been here for pretty close to a couple of months now. Just describe what your experience has been like here in the ECHL and, and with the fuel and how you fit in here with this team. Oh, it's definitely been a positive experience for sure. Um, they made it easy coming in uh, right away. Uh, I felt like one of the guys from day one, and I mean, it's been a great group. We, uh, we're all eager to succeed and be the best we can be, and I think it rubs off on everybody and we're definitely we definitely got a good group here, and I think we're capable of some good stuff. Is that when you come into a new room really important to be welcomed and to be part of a really good group of guys? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, it says something about the uh, camaraderie and the closeness of everybody. If uh, if a new guy can come in and feel that right away, you don't get that all the time. So uh, it was definitely uh, refreshing. It was exciting to say, okay, I think we. This is a good team, and I'm excited to join it. So. You played for Kevin Moore in college. How nice has it been for you to be reunited with somebody you had a chance to play for now in the pros? It's awesome. Uh, I love Kevin. He was probably my favorite uh, college coach, uh, if not coach of all time. But, uh, no, it's nice. To, it was nice to have a familiar face, especially coming in. made the uh, transition easier. It was a little more comfortable. But he's been great, and it's, uh, it's awesome having him here, having someone to talk to that uh, – that I have a previous relationship with, so it's been nice. So you do you play with Pionk and Gray as well in college? Uh, I played against Cam okay. uh, one year, and then I played with Nate for four years, yeah. So, it, again, good to have some familiar faces in the room. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nate's awesome. Uh, he's one of my close friends, so it was nice to come and play with him again. Describe the path that you took uh, from growing up in British Columbia, playing junior, to, uh, to St. Scholastica, and how that came about um yeah i just it was basically just you know junior hockey uh, back in bc uh starting out after high school you just you kind of just play minor hockey and then i got into the local junior b in my area for a couple years and then uh i had a former teammate that got me out to saskatchewan for junior a and i was there for a couple years had a really great time and uh and then i was i wanted to go to college so i i you know I was asking around my coaches, like, where can I go? Like, do you know, have any connections, blah, blah, blah. And I was talking to St. Scholastica, and so was my uh, my best friend from back home. And uh, we thought, what the hell, let's go uh, to college together. We wanted to go to college in the United States. We thought it would be fun. And uh, so we went, and the best four years of my life, got to uh, got some really good friends out of it. And then I thought I was going to retire, and then, but I still had the itch for hockey. So I'm like, oh, I'll give pro a shot. And uh yeah, last year played for Birmingham, and then 
again this year and then got the chance to come up here and I took it and it's been it's been a great ride for sure all rookie team in the SPHL last year how special was that for you but also how quickly you were you able to adapt to the pro game because of the the fact that you obviously had a very good year yeah it was uh it was cool getting that honor um would have been uh better if maybe we uh, made playoffs and uh I had to got to experience that but the game wasn't uh it wasn't a massive leap it was a leap for sure Mm -hmm. from college um but I was yeah I think I just you know trusted my ability and and uh my skill to adapt and I got used to it pretty quick and then became comfortable and you were tearing it up this year in Birmingham Mm -hmm. first part of the year before you got called up but did the off season uh, and coming into the year knowing what to expect really help? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, you come in with a little bit more confidence when you know, like, okay, I, I know I can play at this level, and uh, it just made it more like, yeah, I just uh, I didn't uh, stress out too much. I just went there, had fun, played hockey, and it just things just clicked, which was nice. And and obviously you use that to earn yourself a call up here to the ECHL, and you've you've stuck here. And was that a goal of yours to? Prove to you, the coaching staff, prove to yourself that you can play at this level, and now you're you're playing, you're contributing, you're a three situations player where you're getting some power play time, you're getting some PK time, and obviously you've earned the coach's trust. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, coming into this year, I wanted to definitely prove to myself mostly um, that I could play at this level because I believed I could, but. I mean, I went to a camp, didn't make it, but I was uh, I was determined to, you know, just play my best and hopefully, you know, get my opportunity to come up. And, uh, yeah, and uh, it's not like I'm trying to just climb the leagues, but I this league was definitely somewhere where I wanted to, you know, get a chance and prove to myself and others that I could play, and I have. And uh, it's been nice. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of opportunity here, and with guys going down, uh, I've had to be put in some other roles that maybe I wouldn't be put in, but... Uh, yeah, it's been fun. And you cap off a nice comeback on Wednesday in Iowa, and you were able to see that game out in an important win. When guys get going like that where you're scoring a, a couple of goals, a couple of shifts on consecutive shifts, does is that a case where you guys feed off of that? Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, You know, it's, it, you work hard and you get the chances, and they're just not going in. Finally, one goes, and mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, okay, now uh, now let's go and they get another and another and like guys just you know you get up on the bench and you get a little more excited and uh, I think just shift after shift it uh, leads over and we were able to just you know put our heads down and go to work after that and just find the net one one after the other and we, uh, yeah we got the comeback and yeah for sure a huge win and we needed that what's been your favorite thing about being in Indy so far oh, I think the guys in that room and uh yeah, it's uh, just been getting to know them all, and they're just such great guys, and the coaching staff for sure has just, you know, made the whole transition easier, and, uh, and that's been a great experience uh, so far, and hopefully it continues. So that's our chat with Carson Rose. Earlier, you heard from Matt Watson, Jared Thomas, and Nate Pionk on this edition of the Under the Hood podcast. Lots of chances to see the Indy Fuel coming up, starting this Saturday, March 11th, is the Toledo Walleye visit for Wizard Night, 7 o'clock face-off. And the Fuel will be in Iowa on Friday, in Fort Wayne on Sunday. And then after this three-game weekend, two of which will be on the road, 10 of the next 11 at home, including games on March 17th against Toledo. That will be a Faith and Family Night and an All-You-Can-Eat Night. And then March 18th against Fort Wayne. 
as we will celebrate racing night. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com, the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office, or by calling 317-925-FUEL. Get your ticket info as well at IndyFuelHockey.com for those and all of the remaining Indy Fuel games here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Until then, thanks for listening to this edition of the Under the Hood Podcast. I am Andrew Smith. We will see you at the rink. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.